This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to the show. You can call them the Great Eight. WHL will be represented in Canadian colors at the World Juniors. We'll have more on that in a moment. And quite the story for the Kelowna Rockets while in Strathmore, Alberta. A couple of Rockets stepping up in a life-saving situation. We'll have the story. In the competitive East Division, the Saskatoon Blades and Brandon Wheat Kings have been going with the flow. Both are streaking heading into the Christmas break. We'll hear from coaches Brennan Sonny of the Blades and head coach GM Marty Murray of the Brandon Wheat Kings. And Prince George Cougar rookie goaltender Josh Ravensbergen has been quite the story. Six shutouts to tie the rookie record. We're only halfway through the season. More with a 17-year-old later in the show. First up. Eight Western Hockey League players have been selected to represent Canada at the 2024 Double IHF World Junior Championship in Sweden. Five WHL clubs represented on the current roster. Moose Jaw Warriors, Saskatoon Blades, and Wenatchee Wild boast two players each, while the Seattle Thunderbirds and Brandon Wheat Kings are also represented. Those players include Moose Jaw Warriors defenseman Denton Matejchuk, Warriors forward Braden Yeager, Wenatchee Wild forwards Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky, Saskatoon Saskatoon Blades forward Fraser Minton and defenseman Tanner Molendyke, along with Nate Danielson of the Branded Wheat Kings and Scott Ratzlaff of the Seattle Thunderbirds. All eight WHL players will be competing in their first IIHF World Junior Hockey Championship. Congratulations. This is the WHL This Week, presented by the Western Hockey League. Well, the Kelowna Rockets stopped in Strathmore, Alberta, on their way to the East Division, and two players found themselves in a life-or-death situation. Voice of the Rockets, Regan Bartell, has more. I don't know if you want to say that Ty Hurley played the role of hero, but a bit of a scary incident that happened at the hotel the Rockets were staying at in Strathmore, Alberta. That would have been Thursday night. Ty, take me through it. I wasn't there, but uh, you're poolside, and uh, and what happens? Uh, so this guy's kind of acting strangely in the pool and clearly not acting himself. I don't know whether he was intoxicated or what was the case, but he's kind of he's kind of messing around in the pool, like staying under the water for long periods of time, and then popping up and then rolling around and then this one guy comes over and rips him out of the pool and then he jumped the guy jumps right back in and then it's that guy who pulled him out just leaves and then the front desk lady comes over and is like talking and whatever so i see him from i'm outside in the lobby watching this then you know i'm like it's just the front desk lady and him she's trying to like talk to him and he's just not cooperating so i i like i'm like all right i'll just i'll just go sit by the hot tub and kind of see what's going on here and see if she needs any help or whatever so anyway this guy ends up going further out um into the pool actually like submerges himself in the water for probably over 30 seconds or whatever i'm like oh like oh shoot like we got to get him out of the water like he's trying to drown himself and that's where he was trying i think he was trying to like drown himself Mm -hmm. so i i didn't have to go in but i ripped off my shirt and i was able to lean over the edge of the pool and and pull him out so i brought him in and then pulled him right out and then flipped him on his back yeah he was he wasn't breathing at all yeah not breathing at all um so i i'm like 
I've taken a life-saving life-saving course or whatever. I, I know the steps or whatever. So, like, I check his airway and check his whatever pulse. He's not breathing. So um, I just go right into compressions, just right between right between the nipples. You go right and you do um, 30 compressions and usually two breaths. Um, uh, I happened to just get to probably 15 compressions, and I was just waiting to see. I could waiting to see it, like, looking at him, doing the compressions, and then he kind of went, <gasps> and, like, started breathing. And then he still wasn't, like, he's still, like, completely, like, he's unconscious. Um, so he's, so we flipped, we got some towels, flipped him on his side, um, and he was, like, his hands were blue, like, he was, he was barely, barely alive. Um, so then at that point, there was a bunch of people at that point, so someone called the ambulance, and then they came and ended up taking him away. So. You have taken a life-saving course. Why did you, why did you take that? When did you take it? How old were you, and, and why did you do it? It was probably a few, definitely a few, four years ago, four or five years ago. Um, I took it because I wanted, I thought it'd be a cool, like, first job, and it's a pretty high-paying job being a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I'd take uh, the courses that lead up to being a lifeguard, and I ended up not getting the last one or whatever, but I still remembered, like, the basic steps of it, and it's pretty simple, so mm. it was able to come in handy. Were you scared at all? I mean, it's a situation where you see a guy in distress. It's got to be, uh, I don't know if there's anxiety or maybe just adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you don't see that every day, that kind of stuff. It only happens once in a blue moon. But, yeah, like, it was just kind of, like, we were kind of not sure what was going on. And then it's like, oh, shoot, like, he's this, he's actually, like, my, like under the water for, like, 30, over 45 seconds-ish. And he's not, like, he might be trying to drown himself. So it's like, oh, like, we got to get involved here and get him out of the water. He's not just messing around anymore. Teammate Ethan Newtons was an eyewitness to what went on. We spoke to him about Ty Hurley jumping into action. We were just kind of watching him. There's some other guy in there with him, but I'm not sure if they knew each other. Um, but he kind of he had some clothes on and he was just um, kind of floating around in the pool. You know, looked like he was like going under, holding his breath for like 20 seconds at a time, coming up. But he could, I don't know, he had trouble like holding himself up. Um, and so he went under for a little bit. You know, a little longer than expected. So. So uh, Hurley went in there. He or he was coming in there, and I was just behind him. And he took off his shirt and he reached in, tried and grab the guy by his shirt, pulled him up. So we got him out of the water, and uh, Hurl started doing some uh, some compressions there. Um, it was pretty scary. It wasn't. He came out of the water. He wasn't breathing. I think it was for like 45 seconds. He was under the water. Um, um, so pulled him out, did some compressions. He wasn't breathing. His feet and hands started turning blue. Uh, and we were, he was kind of like just struggling a little bit. Were you pretty impressed by how he jumped into action the way he did? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not it's not easy doing that, and you know, I was pretty courageous. So, mm-hmm. applause to him. So, do you consider yourself a hero in this situation? I mean, from an outsider, it looks that way. But uh, how do you how do you evaluate it? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing what anyone would have done, and um, I mean, not everyone knows how to do the crushing series, but I mean. Um, I'm just happy that I was able to get him out of the water safely, and he's alive, as far as I know. Well, all I can say is good job on you. Good on you in order to be there to uh, help this individual out. I'm going to say Ty Hurley is the hero, and uh, again, kudos to you. Good job. Thank you. From the drop of the puck to the Ed Chenault Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. The Saskatoon Blades are on top of the East Division, the Conference, and the WHL standings heading into the break. I spoke with head coach Brennan Sonny about their start to the season and aspirations. We figured we'd be in the area. Um, 
Going back to three years ago, we had four 16-year-olds. We really liked our 04 draft, or sorry, 05 draft. A lot of those guys came in the next year as well. Um, we liked our, our goalies last year. We had the two 18-year-olds, one of them being an all-star. We were returning a lot of our leading scores, so we we kind of pegged this year to be, you know, of the three, the best for sure. All right, you've had limited time with Fraser, five six games so far. Your impressions so far? Holy smokes, that's wild. He's he's incredible human, incredible hockey player, leader, committed. I just there's there's no weak spots there. It's it's pretty impressive. Like no wonder he stayed up with the Leafs for as long as he did at that age. So very very impressed. How have you used him? I noticed you had him in a third line role. He's worked his way up a little bit, but how have you used him? Well, for the start of the season, we really played a lot with Lizzo Wonger and Sidorov. Um, wanted to get a little depth, you know, multi-threats for, for scoring. So we put Lizzo, Waterroot, and Minton together, and then mostly Armstrong, Sidorov, and Wong just to spread it out a little bit, like mm-hmm. Lizzo being a 40-goal guy, Sido being a goal-a-game guy. Uh, so we just tried to spread it out, but, you know, without knowing him super, super well, we were just kind of just seeing like that was a starting point seeing where it goes and we, we had limited viewings like you said so we'll see where it evolves but uh don't want to burn them out either i don't want to burn out any of our guys we want to be a four-line team so we'll see where it lands but definitely power play and and heavy minutes now uh, whenever you're a good team that usually means you miss players away at world juniors can you sort of withstand the blow of a top defenseman and a, a top centerman here for for two weeks well, losing high-end players is never going to help your team, but at the same time, we're of the belief that uh, it takes uh, it takes the entire team, which is we are a fairly four-line rolling team. Uh, there will be times or maybe situations where we match, you know, like when you're playing Bedard or something like that, but in general, we try to roll four lines and we try to get everyone involved and everyone has a role, so we're going to do our best to hold the fort. You mentioned Bedard, and that makes me think back to that first-round series he had with them last year. Uh, and, and I think that probably, you know, that playoff run might really help you this year uh, into the playoffs here. You look back at that series, how much do you think, you know, it's a factor as you guys move forward to your aspirations this season? I think you just learn maturity. Like, you can do a lot of preparation for Game 7 moments in terms of how you act during the big moments of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're actually in the moments and the real bullets are flying in Game 7s and playoff runs, I think you learn maturity, how to manage games, how to win games, how to lose games. And those are tough lessons, but they do help you grow and mature. So while we do try to uh, teach the guys about handling the big moments, the actual lessons of it, like from last year, for example, they, they definitely stick with you. So I think they help you in just maturity in big moments. You're on top of the conference on this side. Where do you see the pitfalls as far as teams over here? Uh, it, it's pretty good over here. There's probably six, seven teams that think they're a second-round playoff team or more. Uh, so how do you shake down in this competitive conference this year? I just think Winnipeg the last couple of years have been so good that um, they just ran away with it. But you know, with them heading over to Wenatchee, uh, this this conference, our division in general is extremely tight, um, top to bottom. Anyone can win on any given night. So, yeah, it, it's a grind of a season for sure. When you're in a division like that, like there's no 
there's no games where you just roll up and you're like, okay, here's two points, let's go. Um, it's a battle every night. So I think that that helps, but it's a challenge. Like It helps make sure that you continue to focus every single day on your improvement as a team mm-hmm. but it is a challenge in that every single one feels like uh you know a playoff game essentially okay brad and appreciate your insights in our pregame show have a great christmas break and uh good luck in that second half you too safe travels in brandon the weed kings are gaining momentum head coach and gm marty murray yeah i think we're playing our best hockey the season so far and uh um, started off with our last game on the road against Prince Albert. I thought we had a real solid effort. Then we've had three three at home here and uh, put together pretty good efforts. So, you know, we're, we're feeling pretty good right now and uh, just a matter of playing the game the right way and, and we give ourselves a chance to win. Not sure if you're nostalgic, but over on the other side tonight is Don Hay and he coached you at the uh, 95 World Juniors. Got to think way back when. Uh, he had a lot of good things to say about you uh, earlier today, but uh, I don't know. What's the feeling seeing Don Hay behind the bench? Probably never thought you'd coach against him. Right. You know, you look back over your career and you know that was over 30 years ago and even though um you know it was only for a couple weeks you looked at uh, at people that influenced you uh throughout your career and don was certainly one of those guys it was a pleasure to uh you know play for him and don that canadian jersey um you know it was a special time and something you'll never forget and don somebody that's obviously very well respected in the hockey world and uh, somebody that i've always admired from afar and it's that time of year, right? Kind of those memories, those world junior memories begin. You'll send Nate Danielson to uh, the selection camp uh, in Oakville, but this is always a, a special time. Does it bring back some, some memories for you of chasing gold uh, over the Christmas holidays? Yeah, for sure. You know, I had the privilege to play in two, and the first one was uh, in Czech Republic, and we weren't rated to win. We were ranked, I think, six in the tournament, and uh, found a way to scrap it out and get a gold medal. And the next year, when Don was our coach uh, in Red Deer, we were heavily favored. So kind of two different... Uh, kind of pass to get the goal but uh, both fond experiences and, and uh, you know it's it's about uh, representing your country and the friendships you build uh, you know something that'll last forever. Marty this is a, a, a pretty uh, you know coveted position a general manager head coach role in the WHL you're still relatively young when you look at some of the guys uh, around the league here let's talk about your hockey journey which has landed you here uh, with the uh, with the Wheat Kings and a, and a storied franchise. Yeah, you know, it's full circle for me. I started here as a young 16-year-old, and, and uh, you know, as I mentioned with, with about Don, Kelly McCrimmon's another guy that, uh, you know, I've uh, admired and, and uh, appreciated everything he's done. He's built this organization up and to what it is today, and, and uh, you know, obviously a nice ear uh, to, 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 to chew on if... Uh, if uh, you have questions and he's obviously very knowledgeable so um, you know it's great to be back I was uh, down south coaching for probably 12 years and um, you know the opportunity came back to Brandon and again full circle and um, you know a lot's changed in the last 30 years but a lot stayed the same too. All right well pleasantries aside now uh, trade deadline is coming up and you're the general manager and we're about like a month away right now and there's talk but not a lot of action right now uh, any indication of kind of what way you'll lean we we could see prices quite high and you know adding could be difficult but but selling could be you know profitable yeah you know it's a it's we're in an interesting spot if you look at our conference everything is so tight from you know uh saskatoon and medicine had have kind of separated themselves a bit but from you know three to to ten it's super tight so you know we're we're uh we're we're feeling like we're moving in the right direction and you know we'll, we'll continue to monitor group here as the uh, january 10th date approaches to kind of see what we're feeling but uh, there's there's a lot of options and uh you know we'll have to, to make some uh big decisions here in the next few weeks 
No doubt about that story around the league for sure. Quite the debut for a youngster yesterday, last night uh, here against uh, Moose Jaw when uh, Jackson Jacobson came out and not only got one, but got two in the third period. Uh, 14 years old, doesn't have a birthday here for a few days. Um, that must have been exciting to see that firsthand. Yeah, it, uh, it was exciting. You know, you, you, you never know what to expect when you put a young kid in, especially uh, a player that young and still being 14 years old. But, you know, you just I just felt that uh, he was very comfortable uh, throughout the game. And, you know, with that became more and more opportunity. And, and uh, you know, for me, standing behind the bench, uh, you're, you're coaching to win the hockey game. And, and uh, he was a guy that I felt could give us a chance. And, and he came out and delivered. And a uh, pretty special night for he and his family. And uh, being a Brandon boy growing up, uh, watching the Wheat Kings from the time he could walk, to uh, playing his first game, getting a couple goals and being the first star. In the corners and around the boards, the WHL This Week Radio Edition. He's a rookie goaltender, but his numbers this season, not indicative of that. Josh Ravensbergen is on his way to setting a new WHL record. The WHL's Cami Kepke caught up with him. How do you feel about how your season has gone so far this year? Oh yeah, obviously it's been a lot of fun. Like we have a really, really great team, and we've been doing really well lately. I think we all, we've all bonded quite well, and we're playing really good hockey right now. So it's been a lot of fun. Oh, what's been the biggest adjustment to the dub level for you? Probably just how long the days are. Like we're going to school, and then we go to the rink, and then call it like three or four hours at the rink, and then we don't really get home till like two to four usually. So just the long days, quite a bit different. Coming in as a rookie, you have no idea how much you're going to be playing, what the expectations for the team is, but did you kind of have any goals for yourself coming into this season? Uh, not really, to be honest. Like, I just wanted to play as much as possible. and I keep on giving myself an opportunity and trying to earn games. And Yeah, that's all I really wanted to do. How would you describe your style of game? Like, obviously, I'm a bigger goaltender, which helps. And I feel like I can read the play pretty well, and that's probably my biggest strength. Like, I feel like I'm pretty athletic, so I'd say that's kind of my style. Is there a, a goaltender that you try to emulate or maybe see a little bit of yourself in? I like watching Jeremy Swayman on the Bruins. I feel like he's just, I just like watching him, his big movement, his style. I really like it. Are you a Bruins fan? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Bruins fan. So that's probably a reason why, too. <laughs> Are you from Vancouver? Uh, yeah, Wild. yeah. I don't know why. Like, Wild choice younger, for you. <laughs> when I was younger, I actually I hated the Canucks. I hated them. Like, I I did not want to be seen wearing anything with Canucks. Like I despised them. It's funny. I don't know why. Like looking back. I mean, when it comes to the WHL, like you don't get drafted. What was kind of your mindset after that? When you kind of tried to figure out what your next step was. Uh, I think, like, looking back, it was probably like, good for me that I didn't really get drafted because I kind of opened my eyes to how much extra stuff you have to do in the summer if you want to get a lot better. Like, I kind of saw that that's kind of how you take your next step is the summers, and that's how you can really like, give yourself the edge compared to everybody else. So what kind of things did you do in the summer to, you know, get up to that level? I just lots of skates with other junior players and obviously spending a lot of time like working out and working like the right muscles and explosiveness and things that actually help for a goalie position. And how did the opportunity with the Cougars come about? Uh, I was listed pretty much the day after the draft, I'm pretty sure. So I was like kind of in their system. 
for a while. And then I was told that I had a really good chance of making the team after my year last year. And then I decided to sign with them and like kind of go, or get, yeah, get myself a shot at making it. You know, I know it wasn't for sure, but I wanted to get myself a chance to make in like the best junior league there is. So that's why I chose to try and play for the Cougars. They just kind of keep waiting for you to come back down to earth and look like a rookie goaltender, but it's just kind of not happening. Like you're just staying on this tear. Like, are, is that something that's in the back of your mind? Uh, it obviously it's there, but I try not to think about it. I'm just trying to go just play every day. Just play. I'm able to play. It's kind of what I'm telling myself. Just go out there and enjoy it. See what happens. What was your reaction to learning that you tied the WHL record for rookie shutouts? Oh, I didn't know that till today. Isn't that just for the Cougars? It's sold oh, for rookies. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that till now, but yeah, it's cool. I don't I don't really know how it's happened, honestly. Like I had five in the last couple of years combined, but I had a really good team in front of me, so that definitely helps a lot. Do you have any future goals in the dub and in hockey in general? I just to go as far as I can with hockey. I just want to play it as long as I can. It's kind of it's enjoyable. That's what I like doing. So just want to play as long as I can. Hey, that's the show. Final one as we head into the Christmas break. Big thanks to Regan Martell in Kelowna, Cammie Kepke in the WHL office. Happy holidays, everyone. WHL Radio Show back in the new year. I'm John Keane. Have a great holiday. This has been a presentation of the Western Hockey League in cooperation with the WHL broadcast partners and Bauer Hockey.